0: what hey yeah <laughs> thanks choir yeah. Hey. and thanks BB and Eric for doing that solo Well, I want Jesus I could take that guitar if it's playing sin. I grew up on blues how about you yes, I don't act so sanctimonious on me if you grew up in the Bay Area, you, you're born blue. Uh, well, I'm glad to be here. I hope I have enough voice. That you Can, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I'm going to see the throat doctor tomorrow. Pray that I don't have any more surgery. Because every surgery, uh, every time they cut my vocal cords, I lose more voice. And... Uh, it's been kind of an answer to prayer for Carolyn that I'm losing it. Uh, I can't yell at her as much. But uh, I would like to keep my voice because the burn to preach has never ceased. I just need a voice. And so I um, uh, appreciate your prayers for that. appreciate your prayers. Turn to James, if you would. I tell you the song service today was heavenly. You know, Ezekiel and Jeremiah said, Bring the musicians to play until I get in the mood to prophesy. And guys that don't love music don't don't know what that means. But the prophet didn't prophesy until they played. Must have something to influence their mood. Beat it for yourself all you people that are critical of music and you can't play a note uh, you need to learn that James a servant of God this is a half brother of Jesus also and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes in the dispersion greetings the dispersion was the twelve tribes were scattered out of Jerusalem these are Christian Jews suffering for the faith, fired from their jobs, disinherited from their family inheritance and so they're scattering being martyred killed, James will eventually be beheaded in the city of Jerusalem. He's saying you people suffering under great persecution and have scattered he said greetings Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. How many of you naturally do that? Yippee, another trial. Thank you, Lord. I wanted cancer. Thank you, Lord. I wanted to meet that person that is like a rattlesnake in their temperament. It's a divine perspective on their problems that James is saying. As God's people, the divine perspective is right here. Count it all joy. And that word counted, uh, the exegesis of that is consider, regard, uh, calls for mental evaluation you cannot be governed by your emotions and make it through life I want to feel good well if you just always want to feel good you'll probably quit thinking good you've got to think good to legitimately feel good you see I grew up where we felt good we just weren't taught the bible but man, we could sing. We, we could have some wonderful services. We would get happy. We just didn't know much. To know, count it, think it through. Here he is talking to people suffering religious persecution. And he's saying, think it through, think it through. I want you to get a divine perspective God never wastes a trial on his people. God never wastes a heartache on his people. He doesn't consider it all joy. Now, if you just have that, I say you've got to know when to use Scripture. You know, if your wife's about to die, don't come in the room and read this verse. I'm counting it all joy, honey, that you're dying. It's a little misapplied. Or saying, well, all things are working for good. Well, you, you better get that in your theology. Don't do a funeral on that, would you? Well, we know our brother died young. We know he's run over by a truck, but it all is working for good. Now, the theology's true. God's in charge of everything, but when our hearts need to be comforted, we don't need to use these verses. Amen. That's right. But counted all joy when you call fall into variegated trials. It was actually a word used of multicolored, like the robe of Joseph. When they come in all shades of varieties, uh, when they come upon you, be counting the joy and he said when you fall in and it's the word that was used of the men that fell on the man on the Jericho road it was used of the robbers they just ambushed you and you could be going along in life and all of a sudden you feel ambushed uh, job is in, in jeopardy Kids could be in trouble. Health could be in trouble. Persecution could be going on. And he's saying, Listen to me. Listen to me. I want you to think it through. Count it. Count it. Reckon it. Think it through. God's up to something. God's up to something in my life. Now, what is it? If you're an emotional wreck, and you've already, well, he doesn't love me, he doesn't care, it's out of control, I'm the, no, 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 you, you start living on feeling, you start living on doubt. He said, no, think it through, what is God up to? And then, he says, let me tell you the divine purpose, the divine purpose for these trials I'm telling you the perspective and it seems painful. It sounds like mind over matter. It sounds like positive thinking. No, no. I'm telling you to think this way because of the divine purpose of God at work in you. What is that purpose? What is the purpose of hard times, of afflictions? It's been interesting to watch this church respond to the pandemic, uh, respond to a transition where we get into a personality contest, where we turn the elders into gorillas, and we despise. We believe in submission as long as you do what I want. Everybody believes submission as long as you tell me what I want to hear. But don't dare tell me what I don't want to hear because I ain't submitting you here. We know you rebel. We know you non-spirit-filled believer. We know it's not in your vocabulary. That's why you can't teach young women today about submission. It's anathema. And the way it's been taught has been anathema. It's not been taught submit like Christ submitted to the Father. Submit not... Give up your opinion. Respond to a husband as he follows Christ, and you will be one happy woman. I don't hear any man. That's all right, kiddo. No. I'm back. You get amen. You don't amen the other guys. I know. I sit here. I, I don't believe in a quiet church. I'm sorry, I'm not a Presbyterian. I'm not trying to be. They wouldn't have me anyway. They only get brilliant men. What do you do? I think of B.B. Warfield, not King, B.B. Warfield, a brilliant Princetonian theologian whose wife had a stroke shortly after they got married. And B.B. Warfield nursed his wife for 40 years of marriage left his classes every day to attend to a wife. Now couldn't God have spared him a wife having a stroke? Why does God give some of the trials he gives people? I just uh, uh, was looking at some notes. I I looked up several things and uh, Danny and Roger and my other brother, said that our work is more than mental work. It's heart work. So the devil loves to break the heart of church people because once you break our heart you broke the instrument of ministry. I've seen some of you, oh my heart for ministries died. I, I got hurt. I got misunderstood. You mean you stopped over being hurt? You stopped because someone was critical, you'll never, you'll never serve. Where will you promise immunity from criticism? criticism? That's the price of leadership. Everybody's got an opinion, but not everybody will do the work. Amen. Everybody will tell you how to do it, but they won't do it. My dad said that a mule can't pull and kick at the same time. And some of you better at kicking than pulling. <laughs> you need to learn to pull. Piper said, when the heart is breaking, we must labor with a broken instrument. Spurgeon said, it would be a very sharp and trying experience to me To think that I have an affliction which God never sent me, that the bitter cup was never filled by a nail-scarred hand, that my trials were never measured out by him, nor sent to me by his arrangement of their weight and quantity. And here is the greatest preacher of the English-speaking world whose sermons today are the most read sermons of any man in print in English. This 1800s Baptist preacher in the slums of London who, after he married, he and the wife wanted children. She gets pregnant with a set of twins. She has twin boys. After that, a gynecologist did a procedure on Mrs. Spurgeon that left her an invalid the rest of her life. And so for 35 years, Spurgeon's dear wife couldn't hear the greatest preacher in the English language. She stayed home in a wheelchair. Couldn't God have spared Spurgeon? And what did Mrs. Spurgeon do? Did she sour as a bitter woman? No, she started the library for all poor English preachers and sent her husband's books to all of them free from her wheelchair she got a secretary and sent out books all over England so that poor preachers would have something to read yeah. listen to this William Carey I thank you boys going to Liberia Carey was our first was our first missionary to India and he was a Calvinist. He believed in limited atonement and he took on the English Baptists for their limited view and their non-missions view. So he's the one who said to five preachers, if you men will hold the rope in England, I will go down in the mine pit. You hold the rope, I'll go down. But when he went he went in 1793 he lost his five year old son his wife became mentally ill as soon as they got there she was so reluctant to even go with him at first she wasn't going to go and while he was on the ship that had been delayed they decided to go but she broke when she got there he labored seven years from one convert seven years uh, but when he passed off the scene oh oh he he was a Bible translator never went to college or seminary but he learned uh, and he did a Sanskrit because the Indian people said we won't buy it as being high caste unless it's written in Sanskrit he made in his life 40 Bible translations, and when he had many of them done, the printing press and publishing house caught fire, so he had to do everything all over again. Where was God? Couldn't God protect his word? Couldn't he protect him? He started over, he did it, and when he died, he left us forty translations for all Chinese, Sanskrit, all the various dialects in India. Just an English cobbler boy that learned Hebrew and Greek on his own and went over there, but he was not immune he was not immune from trial. Adoniram Judson went to Burma, 1814. He lost a six month old baby boy, spent a year and a half in a death prison. He lost his wife from fever, and he suffered a mental breakdown. And when he had the mental breakdown, I read the book To the Golden Shore by Leif Anderson, uh, by Anderson, not Leif, by Anderson to the golden shore he uh, wandered around in the desert or rather in the jungles because he's so out of his head he spent that way for a year they never knew if he'd come back and he waited five years to lead one man to Christ God's people have never been immune from trials and uh Sometimes we are the windiest Christians I've ever seen. None of you have ever buried a child because you went to such a danger. You act so scared of just COVID-19 as though it's religious persecution. It's pitiful the attitudes, and you go on Facebook, that ought to be an instrument of encouragement, and you go on and you gossip and you blast and you run down the elders and you run down this. You know what? God forgive you for your your slanderous gossip. Don't own a Facebook if you can't say anything positive on it. It's a coward's platform. And you can't fire me, I'm guest speaker, so don't, 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 ever, don't get all brave about you're going to get rid of me too late. I've been saying this stuff 50 years, I said not new. That's why you got indigestion when you found out I was preaching. The purpose, why? Why? I wrote down 13 reasons why God has sent trials to people. I didn't know if you wanted it for your Thanksgiving meal, but uh, I may share. Let me tell you what James said. James said, count it joy because God's at work in these various trials. You know that he's testing your faith. He's seeing if it's genuine. Because this test produces steadfastness, and it was a word to remain under, monay, and it was to build up endurance, steadfastness, patience. Um, it's, it's hard, and let steadfastness have its full effect. What is the full effect of remaining under? You will become perfect or mature. You will arrive at the goal God intended. And you will be complete in your character. God wants to make you a complete character. And he's designed the various kinds of trials that will complete you in Christian character. And, um, uh, you know, I never pray for patience because I don't want to pay the price to get it. <laughs> he usually gives you some trials to go through. And Are you going to remain under? You know what, I, I see guys like Dino and my brother here. Some of you guys are so buffed, it's sickening. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just say, uh, why so off? And I mean, Dino's like a rock. Uh, When he is watching, when he walks with me, nobody greets me in the church. And so, you know, I I wish he would stay away so that I could have some friends. But uh, you see that body is so built. You see, I, I don't like exercise. I grew up in Richmond playing basketball, street ball, and my view of exercise, who can we beat? let's beat somebody no no. let's just push weights nobody just you've got to be kidding I've had so many memberships of which I went one day and, and that first day I did everything never, I'm never going back take me three weeks to heal guess what you don't want to feel my arms that you feel spaghetti. <laughs> no, you, to build muscle, you've got to remain under. You've got to keep adding the weight. Uh, my son-in-law, Matt Harper, back in uh, South Carolina, uh, he's now, because uh, Lizzie bought him for him for Christmas, he has these 60-pound, you know, what? You're kidding. I mean, I'd have a double hernia. <laughs> That is not made for human beings. And you uh, you got to keep your muscles strong. I said, well, I got a gut. Said, not your gut, your arms. I'm out of shape. I'm out of shape. And I don't want to get in shape. If I did, it would hurt. I'd have to stretch. I'd have to put weight. And that's why some of you are just a bag of wind ready to be blown out because you're not in shape. I mean, mouth exercise is all you get. And James said, I don't want a bunch of Twinkies professing the faith. I'm going to get you and teach you to remain under pressure until you grow up. I think uh, in our closet at home, uh, all my grandchildren, we've got uh, measuring places in our master bedroom closet that started at 12 inches. And now with coal they go to 6'8". Okay? And, and we always are measuring grandchildren. Come on in here. Uh, I mean, Lila, and today, one of our great-grandsons is two. And, and then they just I mean, wow! When did she turn that age and, and that height? Would it not be something if at 16 we're still measuring them down here? I see, we got a lot of people in church, they're still infants. They're tossed to and fro by everything. Everything. They're always getting ready to leave. They're always about to get offended. They're always ready just to resign. They're all, you can't build, you can't build a chicken coop with them. They're floating water. The moment it gets a little hard, it must not be God's will. The moment you bury your wife and you go insane because you're grieving her and you're wandering in the jungle, God must not want you in Burma. Yes, He does. Yes, He does. Just because you're thrown in the fiery furnace doesn't mean it's not the will of God. But the fourth man is greater than the flame. The fourth man can get you through. And we got so many whippy Christians that make me sick, and they make the Lord sick. He's spewing them out of his mouth. Give me a tried people. We used to sing some through the water, some through the flood, some through great trials, but all through the blood. God leads his dear children along in shady green pastures and all the day long. God leads his own. My daddy used to sing a song. When I get to that city, and Thomas Dorsey wrote the song. I'll tell you about Thomas. Thomas Dorsey was a black musical evangelist. He wrote, Precious Lord, Take My Hand, and other songs. And my dad loved to sing his music. But he used to sing a song that said, and when I get to that city, somebody's going to ask me, how did you make it? And I'm going to sing, I came through tribulation. How about you? Amen. How about you? They had what they called the lapsus Christians in church history. Read it in Eusebius' church history. It's there. They were called lapse Christians. And after the persecutions under Diocletian, the Christians began to go above ground again and they'd meet. And men would come in there with eyes missing. They'd have ears cut off. Others would come in whole. They would come in all was well. And they were the lapses. They denied the faith when persecution came. They were really saved, but they proved to be cowards. The others could not deny the faith. And they said, I'll pay whatever price. We used to sing, I'm going through. I started with Jesus and I'm going through. I'll take the way with the Lord's chosen few. I'm going through. i pay the price. Whatever I must do, I'm going through. Don't be looking for something to get offended about. Did you know the devil's against you before you get started? you know the devil wants to damn you but the song said I'm going to make it out anyhow for he who began a good work in you he can finish it he's a finisher he's the author and finisher of our faith he doesn't just oh well I'm throwing you to the lions uh-uh, he is the lion and the devil shows up as a kitten next to this lion I created you, Satan, back off. That's my child. Oh, I wish I had someone that believed this stuff that could scream, you got a voice. You ought to be saying, hey man, I believe it. I'm here because he kept me. He's kept me, he's kept me. You know when you nearly get mad, your voice comes back. I want you to know the purpose, James says. He's going to develop you with steadfast character. He's going to complete you so that you will lack nothing. But there's a divine provision for you. Divine provision. And here it is. It's so simple. If any of you lacks wisdom and in the Greek it's sense. It's really a sense. It's a matter of fact. Since you lack wisdom, you lack the skill to navigate life and trials and to respond in a righteous way. You don't pick them. They ambushed you. Uh, He goes down. He's going to deal with sin. Sin comes from within. You're seduced from within. These trials are from without and they're ambushed. You, You have no say about them. I mean, health, negative circumstances sin you get baited and your lust are drawn out that's from within this is from without sickness I was with a pastor friend yesterday we're trying to figure out what to do with the church that his mental condition has eliminated him from being pastor Because dementia is taking away his ability to think. And he's God's child. He loves God. He wants to continue to teach, but he can't remember where he is. He's in a rut. He's stuck. And he's God's child. How do you respond? If any of you lacks the ability to respond to your trial, let him be asking, present tense, ask, seek, and knock. Let him be asking God. And there's three things about this God that I to encourage you. First of all, he's known as being generous. Did you know that it is in the nature of God? We don't write this in his nature and attributes. But it is in the nature of God to always be giving always told Jeremiah he told Israel you're offering up your sons to these false gods something God never entered his mind to ask you but he said guess what I'll give up my son but don't you give up yours why? For God so loved that he gives, he gives, he gives. Did you know, if, if you just know, come on, you know somebody, it's probably mom and dad, and you know they already love you so much, and they've spoiled the daylights out of you, because they always, they've got plenty, and they grace, they're generous. You know if we ask dad or mom, we'll get it. Now my kids ask their mother. Because David has named me up these are Scrooge, you know. And I hope they keep believing that because really they can have it if they're in need. God says, why are you dying with a lack when you got me? I I didn't hear you calling. My brother Paul lived in Fresno and and him and Sylvia were always on the verge of dying economically. But they, they they did a little trick. Jeff got old enough to talk, and they put him on the phone and said, "Grandma, I don't have any milk." And the next thing I know, we were in the car going to Fresno. They filled the house with groceries and do the. All we needed was a call from Jeff. I need milk. Do you think God is any more generous than you? He said. You got a gin, did you know what? He's been given ever since. He started creating us. He keeps giving rain, harvest, health, strength. I, I mean all men. He's giving them their He said it rains on the just and the unjust. He gives them harvest. He gives them children. He blesses his enemies. He blessed you before he ever saved you. He kept you alive. You know you should have been killed that night when you took that curve. You know you should have been killed, Dino, on that uh, motorcycle. But God said, I'm not going to let that sinner die. I'm going to save him. Oh my! Isn't that your story? So he said, come, "Come, let him ask, ask." And he said, "Besides that, besides God being generous, He will give it to you without reproach." And that is a beautiful word there. It literally means without rebuke or uh, uh, saying like a well, dummy. How did you get in this mess? Didn't we go over this once before? Haven't you been here before? He said, you won't have him upbraid you. He won't call you dummy. He won't be like that one kid said he was 10 years old before he found out his name was not stupid. He'd been so upbraided all of his life by his father. Don't ask for any help. Here he says, why don't you come? Come, tell me what you need, and but but I'm embarrassed. I'm afraid you're you're afraid I'm going to tell you off. You're afraid I'm going to belittle you. Your problem? I'm not that kind of God. I I, I'm gonna call you dummy. I'll just I'll just meet your need. I mean, it's too good to be true, isn't it? How do you think that would sound? If you were fee- fleeing to Jerusalem and moving to another place to live and God's saying, I don't hear you calling. If any man, this is not just Jew, Gentile, great, minor, anyone. This is open to anyone who will access me. You'll find that I am a giving, generous God. And thirdly, I don't even give lectures when you're in need. I will not make you feel stupid. But then he says, there's this one thing I require. Don't be double-minded. Don't be doubting me. Uh, You can't get anything from me if you're doubting my character. If you don't think I can, if you don't think I will, don't even ask. Because a double-minded, and in the Greek it's double soul, that you're always vacillating, you don't know, and we have them. Spt uh, let's see it was a Bunyan had Mr. Facing both ways I think it was, a twople. He said, "You know, I, I heard the guys talk about it's hard to ride two horses at once. Uh, you, you either think God can, or you don't." And uh, we ought to be asking more than ever, how do we navigate these times? These are times that uh, our churches are, wow, in need. People are in need. And so he says, don't doubt, because don't let that man think he will get anything. He, he's like the wave of the sea that has no power in itself to withstand the wind. It's always subject to something acting upon it and it has no power to resist. There's no inherent power in a wave. But then that wind blows, and imagine these men, James was one of the fishermen on the Sea of Galilee. He's seen those storms come up, And, and all of a sudden the waves are blowing, blowing, and it's chaotic. And he said, some of you, you don't know where you're gonna land. You're always in motion. You're always subject to the next report. Because you don't know God's word. You don't know the trials. And he said, I read this. A man said, faith unlocks the divine storehouse. But unbelief bars its doors. The man who does not trust God cannot be trusted by men. If you're not a God-truster, I don't trust you. I can't put my life under the control of men that I don't see trusting God. I don't need your earthly wisdom. I want to see that you're trusting God. And I, I love the line that said, pessimists have never been true representatives of Christianity. And some of you are pessimists, and you can't do anything in the church with your vote. You heard about the deacon that proposed that the church needed to get new chandeliers and he said, I'm against it for three reasons, and they said, what's that? So, number one, no one can spell chandelier, <laughs> so I'm against it. Uh, n- number two, it, they cost too much number three, what this church really needs is more light. <laughs> I'm just against it. I'm just against it. See? I say, and you put that kind of people in, in leadership? So let us introduce Brother Pessimus. Hasn't trusted God for anything in 20 years, but now he's going to direct the church. Oh, my lands. Brother Milk Toast trying to lead us to the charge. <laughs> I just don't believe. No courage. I would ask you today, I don't have time to give you the 13 kinds of trials, but they come. God's going to test you. He's going to test your motives. He's going to test how much you love Him. He says, I give a crown of life to those who passed the test and the only way you pass the test you keep loving me I know people they resign because I got hurt I got unappreciated I got whatever what, what it really boils down to you loved a good word more than you loved the Savior the man that was called a child of fornication the man that was spit on and called illegitimate, made fun of, no one could talk him out of the cross. No one. He set his face as a flint. In Luke, the uh, disciples were astonished at the way he walked so fast ahead of them going to Jerusalem. He was going to his death, and he was going, and they just said, Lord, what's the hurry I must get to Jerusalem at Passover time it's appointed for me to die I'm rushing to my death I will not flee and I will not ask angels to rescue me some of you are in trial most of you are I think of Susan losing the precious Bob think of different ones here you've Widows in the last year or two. COVID. We nearly lost my brother. It was just, it was only God's mercy that he's here. Just God's mercy. Uh, I want to thank you, elders, for standing under severe criticism and severe times. As I talked with Paul at breakfast the other day, I said, the devil had a heyday. Taking good men like you and these elders and confusing issues. We're for men that want to do things God's way. And there's a price to lead. And you were criticized, nearly run out of town. And some of you, you made Paul a martyr, I told him this, you quote me, and made our elders guerrillas. No, no, I know all that went on. I still attend this church because I don't think it's been taken over by sinny men that don't want the glory of God. They want the glory of God. And God's going to restore this church. He's going to rebuild it. And we're going to still be a lampstand in the Bay Area. <laughs> I'm going back to the East Coast because I got two daughters and a bunch of Renegade grandchildren. I'm going to go see. But when I come back, the elders, you hear this, but I'm going to preach more if this woman doesn't take the rest of my voice. But if I can preach, if I can speak, I'm going to be back here until I die. At least preaching. Preaching. I don't want to, I don't want to be the pastor in charge of everything. Don't let them figure out the budget. I want to preach the Bible. I want to preach the Bible. I want to preach the Bible. Stand. Damn. elders come in the front and uh, where's Matthew Matthew, come. On. we're going to pray for those of you that feel weighted down with your present problems and we're just going to identify with you to pray for you you got a burden you want, you want some help amen. we ought to pray for one another amen, amen. Uh, we ought to encourage one another Anybody (laughs) (laughs) over-encouraged? And you know what? If you don't want to come, you might pray with those you're with. We don't have any secret monopoly on God's power. We just want you to know we care. Did you hear? We care. Did you hear me? Do you care? Well, there's three of you. The rest of you just went deaf. This song we're going to sing. By the way, this song service is heavenly. Thank you, music ministry, all of you. But we're going to sing a song Be my all, be my breath,
1: Amen.
0: be my everything dedication if you want prayer now if you come up I'm going to pray for you but you can't talk to me all day and tell me what's wrong with your wife that's a lifelong project I just got a little voice left we'll pray for you and some of you I'll say scat I can't keep talking so I say that in love isn't that wonderful let us sing and I'm going to pray for you right now father you know what your people have gone through you know what Paul and Lindsay have gone through you know what the elders have gone through heal this ministry in the name of Jesus heal its integrity its unity its direction and oh Father let us do the main thing you've not called us to fight with each other You've called us to tell hell-bound sinners there's a refuge in Zion. There's a lamb that's been slain. There's a bomb in Gilead that can heal the brokenhearted. I pray today, gather us reignite us yes. oh do you still give churches revival Lord where you just sweep through by your spirit and get us to praying praising you uh, enjoying one another the enemy has tried to destroy us Lord yes. but Luther said one word one word from you shall defeat the devil yes. speak the word the gates of hell will not prevail against Christ's church and we are part of that church church, bought by the blood, sealed by the Spirit. We're not going to run as long as you give us grace. We will stand, we will stand by the grace of God. We're going to sing. If you want prayer or if you want to pray there, do it. Let's pray. Let's greet one another.